paragraphs 35 through 39 of Contragentes by Athanasius of Alexandria. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 3. 35. The Creation, a Revelation of God, especially in the order and harmony pervading the whole. For God being good and loving to mankind, and caring for the souls made by him, since he is by nature invisible and incomprehensible, having his being beyond all created existence, for which reason the race of mankind was likely to miss the way to the knowledge of him, since they are made out of nothing, while he is unmade. For this cause God by his own word gave the universe the order it has, in order that since he is by nature invisible, men might be enabled to know him at any rate by his works. For often the artist, even when not seen, is known by his works. And as they tell of Phidias, the sculptor, that his works of art, by their symmetry and by the proportion of their parts, betray Phidias to those who see them, although he is not there, so by the order of the universe one ought to perceive God its maker and artificer, even though he be not seen with the bodily eyes. For God did not take his stand upon his invisible nature, let none plead that as an excuse, and leave himself utterly unknown to men. But, as I said above, he so ordered creation that although he is by nature invisible, he may yet be known by his works. And I say this not on my own authority, but on the strength of what I have learned from men who have spoken of God, among them Paul, who thus writes to the Romans. For the invisible things of him since the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. While to the Lyconians he speaks out and says, We also are men of like passions with you, and bring you good tidings, to turn from these vain things unto a living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea, and all that in them is, who in the generations gone by suffered all nations to walk in their own ways, and yet he left not himself without witness, and that he did good, and gave you from heaven rains and fruitful seasons, filling your hearts with food and gladness. For who that sees the circle of the heaven, and the course of the sun and the moon, and the positions and movements of the other stars, as they take place in opposite and different directions, while yet in their difference all with one accord observe a consistent order, can resist the conclusion that these are not ordered by themselves, but have a maker distinct from themselves who orders them. Or who that sees the sun rising by day, and the moon shining by night, and waning and waxing without variation exactly according to the same number of days, and some of the stars running their courses, and with orbits various and manifold, while others move without wandering, can fail to perceive that they certainly have a Creator to guide them. 36. This the more striking, if we consider the opposing forces out of which this order is produced. Who that sees things of opposite nature combined and in concordant harmony, as, for example, fire mingled with cold, and dry with wet, and that not in mutual conflict, but making up a single body, as it were homogeneous, can resist the inference that there is one external to these that has united them. Who that sees winter giving place to spring, and spring to summer, and summer to autumn, and that these things contrary by nature, for the one chills, the other burns, 
the one nourishes, the other destroys, yet all make up a balanced result beneficial to mankind, can fail to perceive that there is one higher than they, who balances and guides them all, even if he sees him not. Who that sees the clouds supported in air, and the weight of the waters bound up in the clouds, can but perceive him that binds them up, and has ordered these things so? Or who that sees the earth, heaviest of all things by nature, fixed upon the waters, and remaining unmoved upon what is by nature mobile, will fail to understand that there is one that has made and ordered it, even God? Who that sees the earth bringing forth fruits in due season, and the rains from heaven, and the flow of rivers, and springing up of wells, and the birth of animals from unlike parents, and that these things take place not at all times, but at determinate seasons, and in general among things mutually unlike and contrary, the balanced and uniform order to which they conform, can resist the inference that there is one power which orders and administers them, ordaining things well as it thinks fit. For left to themselves they could not subsist, or ever be able to appear, on account of their mutual contrariety of nature. For water is by nature heavy, and tends to flow downwards, while the clouds are light, and belong to the class of things which tend to soar and mount upwards. And yet we see water, heavy as it is, borne aloft in the clouds. And again earth is very heavy, while water on the other hand is relatively light, and yet the heavier is supported upon the lighter, and the earth does not sink but remains immovable. And male and female are not the same, while yet they unite in one, and the result is the generation from both of an animal like them. And to cut the matter short, cold is opposite to heat, and wet fights with dry, and yet they come together and are not at variance, but they agree, and produce as their result a single body, and the birth of everything. 37. The same subject continued. Things then of conflicting and opposite nature would not have reconciled themselves, were there not one higher and lord over them to unite them, to whom the elements themselves yield obedience as slaves that obey a master. And instead of each having regard to its own nature and fighting with its neighbor, they recognize the Lord who has united them, and are at concord one with another, being by nature opposed, but at amity by the will of him that guides them. For if their mingling into one were not due to a higher authority, how could the heavy mingle and combine with the light, the wet with the dry, the round with the straight, fire with cold, or sea with earth, or the sun with the moon, or the stars with the heaven, and the air with the clouds, the nature of each being dissimilar to that of the other? For there would be great strife among them, the one burning, the other giving cold, the heavy dragging downwards, the light in the contrary direction and upwards, the sun giving light, while the air diffused darkness. Yes, even the stars would have been at discord with one another, since some have their position above, others beneath, and night would have refused to make way for day, but would have persisted in remaining to fight and strive against it. But if this were so, we should consequently see not an ordered universe, but disorder, not arrangement, but anarchy, not a system, but everything out of system, not proportion, but disproportion. 
For in the general strife and conflict either all things would be destroyed, or the prevailing principle alone would appear, and even the latter would show the disorder of the whole. For left alone and deprived of the help of the others, it would throw the whole out of gear, just as, if a single hand and foot were left alone, that would not preserve the body in its integrity. For what sort of an universe would it be, if only the sun appeared, or only the moon went her course, or there were only night, or always day? Or what sort of harmony would it be, again, if the heaven existed alone without the stars, or the stars without the heaven? Or what benefit would there be if there were only sea, or if the earth were there alone without waters and without the other parts of creation? Or how could man or any animal have appeared upon earth if the elements were mutually at strife, or if there were one that prevailed, and that one insufficient for the composition of bodies? For nothing in the world could have been composed of heat, or cold, or wet, or dry, alone, but all would have been without arrangement and combination but not even the one element which appeared to prevail would have been able to subsist without the assistance of the rest, for that is how each subsists now. 38. The unity of God, shown by the harmony of the order of nature. Since, then, there is everywhere not disorder but order, proportion and not disproportion, not disarray but arrangement, and that in an order perfectly harmonious, we needs must infer and be led to perceive the master that put together and compacted all things, and produced harmony in them. For though he be not seen with the eyes, yet from the order and harmony of things contrary, it is possible to perceive their ruler, arranger, and king. For in like manner, as if we saw a city consisting of many and diverse people, great and small, rich and poor, old and young, male and female, in an orderly condition, and its inhabitants, while different from one another, yet in unity among themselves, and not the rich set against the poor, the great against the small, nor the young against the old, but all at peace in the enjoyment of equal rights. If we saw this, the inference surely follows that the presence of a ruler enforces concord, even if we do not see him. For disorder is a sign of absence of rule, while order shows the governing authority. For when we see the mutual harmony of the members of the body, that the eye does not strive with the hearing, nor is the hand at variance with the foot, but that each accomplishes its service without variance, we perceive from this that certainly there is a soul in the body that governs these members, though we may not see it. So, in the order and harmony of the universe, we needs must perceive God the governor of it all, and that he is one and not many. So then, this order of its arrangement, and the concordant harmony of all things, shows that the word, its ruler and governor, is not many, but one. For if there were more than one ruler of creation, such an universal order would not be maintained, but all things would fall into confusion because of their plurality, each one biasing the whole to its own will, and striving with the other. For just as we said that polytheism was atheism, so it follows that the rule of more than one is the rule of none. For each one would cancel the rule of the other, and none would appear ruler, but there would be anarchy everywhere. But where no ruler is, there disorder follows, of course. And conversely, the single order and concord of the many and diverse 
shows that the ruler too is one. For just as though one were to hear from a distance a lyre, composed of many diverse strings, and marvel at the concord of its symphony, and that its sound is composed neither of low notes exclusively, nor high, nor intermediate only, but all combine their sounds in equal balance, and would not fail to perceive from this that the lyre was not playing itself, nor even being struck by more persons than one, but that there was one musician, even if he did not see him, who by his skill combined the sound of each string into a tuneful symphony. So the order of the whole universe being perfectly harmonious, and there being no strife of the higher against the lower, or the lower against the higher, and all things making up one order, it is consistent to think that the ruler and king of all creation is one, and not many, who by his own light illumines and gives movement to all. 39. Impossibility of a Plurality of Gods For we must not think that there is more than one ruler and maker of creation, but it belongs to correct and true religion to believe that its artificer is one, while creation herself clearly points to this. For the fact that there is one universe only, and not more, is a conclusive proof that its maker is one. For if there were a plurality of gods, there would necessarily be also more universes than one. For neither were it reasonable for more than one god to make a single universe, nor for one universe to be made by more than one, because of the absurdities which would result from this. Firstly, if the one universe were made by a plurality of gods, that would mean weakness on the part of those who made it, because many contributed to a single result, which would be a strong proof of the imperfect creative skill of each. For if one were sufficient, the many would not supplement each other's deficiency. But to say that there is any deficiency in God is not only impious, but even beyond all sacrilege. For even among men one would not call a workman perfect if he were unable to finish his work, a single piece, by himself and without the aid of several others. But if, although each one was able to accomplish the whole, yet all worked at it in order to claim a share in the result, we have the laughable conclusion that each worked for reputation, lest he should be suspected of inability. But once more, it is most grotesque to ascribe vainglory to gods. Again, if each one were sufficient for the creation of the whole, what need of more than one, one being self-sufficient for the universe? Moreover, it would be evidently impious and grotesque to make the thing created one while the creators were many and different, it being a maxim of science that what is one and complete is higher than things that are diverse. And this you must know, that if the universe had been made by a plurality of gods, its movements would be diverse and inconsistent. For having regard to each one of its makers, its movements would be correspondingly different. But such difference again, as was said before, would involve disarray and general disorder. For not even a ship will sail aright if she be steered by many, unless one pilot hold the tiller nor will a lyre struck by many produce a tuneful sound, unless there be one artist who strikes it. Creation, then, being one, and the universe one, and its order one, we must perceive that its king and artificer also is one. For this is why the artificer himself made the whole universe one, lest by the coexistence of more than one, 
a plurality of makers should be supposed, but that as the work is one, its maker also may be believed to be one. Nor does it follow from the unity of the maker that the universe must be one, for God might have made others as well. But because the universe that has been made is one, it is necessary to believe that its maker also is one. End of paragraph 39